All right, Justin, A through Z. Why? I knew you were going to do that because of the yeah. I don't know why I thought that's what you were going to do. <laughs> you own it today, Heather. You own it. You're feeling my vibe right now. I get it. I get you, man. I'm not. I like your vibe. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Your vibe is very disturbing good, to me. It's a good vibe. <laughs> it's not. You picked why. Um. You, the word you starts with a Y. Uh, you guys would uh, never guess what uh, some interesting uh, kind of strike related news came out very recently. So David Zaslav, mm-hmm. the uh, asshat that is in charge of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, he came out and announced and they adjusted their expected earnings with the SEC for the rest of the year saying that they are projecting that they will lose $500 million this year due to, I guess I shouldn't say lose. Uh, They're changing their prediction of what they will make by $500 million. So technically they might not lose it but it's just money they won't make um, based on the uh, Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild strike. So they're saying, hey, we're adjusting by $500 million because of the strikes, which is really funny, which to me should justify to these shareholders and board of that company that they need to fire that man because the projections of what the writers guild, like if, if they were given everything they were asking for every single thing, no concessions, just exactly what they were asking for. It would have cost Warner brothers discovery over the next three years combined. $47 million. So he is openly admitting that his company is expecting to not make half a billion dollars that they were originally projecting to make so that they could save $47 million total over the next three years. Hmm. Yeah, that's idiotic. The Supreme Court has ruled in this country that companies have a fiduciary, fiduciary duty to their shareholders to make money. He is openly choosing to cost his company that much money. To save $47 million over three years. That's roughly $17.3 million a year. He is saying, I need to save $17.3 million a year so we can lose $500 million this year. 
Yeah, that sounds so stupid. It's that, just that yeah. shows you don't know how to run a company. If you relate that to any other thing, like this problem is costing the company half a billion, you know, half a half a billion dollars, and we can fix the problem if we just spend seventeen million a year. You just fix the problem. I mean that that's. I mean well, you would just think it would be that simple. Think about it like this. Say you're going to get something fixed on your car. And they're like, hey, we see this potential problem. It'll cost $17 to fix it right now. But if you don't fix it by December, when the, the it, when it causes the major problem, it will cost you $500. And you go, nah, I'd just rather spend $500 in December. (laughs) Yep. That is the equivalent of that. That's what he's doing. I have never heard somebody go so public saying, hey, you know these hundreds of millions of dollars you've paid me? I am so incompetent, I am going to tell the world that I am going to lose this company that much money this year because I don't want to pay what I make in a month for an entire year. And then... He has the audacity to talk to media and all this other stuff going, I don't know why I'm getting vilified in all this. It's not just me making these decisions. Why am I being vilified? Crazy. Yes, but that's where we're at with the strikes right now. And let's, I mean, let's even think about this. Let's say that the writer, like the the Screen Actors Guild strike. Say with what they're asking for, let's just say over the same three years because Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild contracts are over three years. It's every three years. Let's just say over that same three years, it they're, what they're asking for, their contract, would be double that. Let's just say it would be double every, you know, the year of the Writers Guild stuff. That would still only cost Warner Brothers Discovery 51.9. So let's just say $52 million a year. A year. So one-tenth of what they're about to lose or not make this year. So they're openly saying if they just agreed to the demands of the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild today, 
and then went back to the old release schedule and just released everything like they were planning to this year. They would make 90% more than what they would have paid to the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild. And that's also coming after Barbie, which is a Warner Brothers Discovery movie, is their highest grossing movie they have ever released. Barbie has beaten every single Batman movie, every DC movie, every Harry Potter movie. All of these massive goldmine franchises Barbie has beat them all. I love that. I don't know why, but I do. (laughs) Yeah, that's tight. But yeah, like on the heels of that, this is what's happening. And you are crying poor. Yeah. 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 Get out of here. Just get out of here, David Zaslav. Yeah. You are garbage. So, yeah, that's our strike update that you, Justin, with the Y, asked for. I that's, could say it, but I'm not. <laughs> that's all I got. You guys got anything? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Football starts tomorrow. It does. That ought to be fun. It does. The the first game of the NFL season, it's the Chiefs and the... Detroit Lions. Lions, right? Yeah. And your boy Kelsey might not be playing. I know. Man. Do you want to apologize to Joel right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, because he's still going to pay some dividends. He's still going to pay some dividends, but shoot, <laughs> should I thank him? <laughs> hey, all I'm for saying helping me is dodge you, a bullet. <laughs> you said fuck you to him for drafting him. And now the guy's hurt. We don't even know he's going to come back. That's why you don't take my picks, man. You don't take my boys, man. No, we you should, should thank doing him like, for saving you. Yeah, really, I should. <laughs> I dodged a bullet because of him because I was totally going to pick Kelsey. And it pissed me off because I had to wait. I went through five picks and nobody had him. And I went, yes, I'm almost there, man. Just, just two more people and I can pick him up. And then Joel picked him. Am I, am I just... My 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 stomach just sank. It was so sad. I cried a little bit, but you know, had to get it together and pick my running backs. And that Heather is the roller coaster ride of playing fantasy football. <laughs> it sounds like a interesting time. Yeah. Have you ever been bungee jumping? It's the same thing, basically. <laughs> the comparison, though. 
I don't uh, think it I is. I have not done either. <laughs> you know? I don't think it's it just is. imagine doing it, but no. for 30 minutes. No. It's the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point we should all just do like news segments at the beginning. <laughs> Sports with Justin, just the 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 weekly, you know, news report on everything in general with Sterling and I don't know, I'll do weather. <laughs> I'll do like celebrity gossip or something, I don't know, but I feel like at this point there's like <laughs> Do you want some celebrity gossip? I've got some celebrity gossip. See, you're the all-encompassing news person. Oh, okay. That's why we can't do segments. But yes, go ahead. Uh, which one of the Carter brothers was in Backstreet Boys? Aaron? Uh, Nick. Nick. Okay, so Aaron was the, the younger brother that already passed away. Yeah. So Nick Carter uh, was recently accused of sexually assaulting and raping a minor. Good Lord. You know what? I don't like this celebrity news, (laughs) but it's kind of par for the course these days. That's um, unfortunate, but also not surprising because of the whole Paris Hilton thing with him. Yeah. Also, people do forget that. Yes, he did do a domestic violence against Paris Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. Wow. Um, The only thing I heard this week was that Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are splitting up. I did hear that. That's a bummer. Um, See, maybe yeah, that's the only thing I got. Your like your version of celebrity gossip is just not people being accused of being sexual perverts. <laughs> and you could take the other part, yes, because that's pretty much <laughs> all the celebrity gossip I ever bring to this. Is hey guys, you want to know who else is a terrible person? This celebrity. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible people segment with Sterling. Um, sports with Justin. And gossip <laughs> with me, I guess. <laughs> I like just, it. I just, think we could make money off that. It's the less serious celebrity gossip. Right. Yes. Yes. Are you guys ready to talk about this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a segue. I'm the best at that. I am the best person at uh, bringing up the fact that some celebrity is a, is a sexual predator and then transitioning it flawlessly into whatever movie we're talking about. Segways yeah. with Sterling. Yes. I've never mm-hmm. once made that an awkward transition. Nope. Nope. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Even this one. I mean, impeccable on my, on my account. And I am definitely, I, I know there are some listeners out there right now that are going Sterling. You sound like you're just padding a little bit of time between that news you dropped and the movie to make it less awkward when you're talking about the movie. And that's not true. I would never do that. Yeah. You got, you got, you got some standards and rules that you've set. And that's one of them. Mm, it's like a creed. See a little. I have a creed that I follow. Yeah, with. there it is. That's the word. Yeah, I'm just seeing the little angel halo appear yeah. over your head. With this weird ominously red background. Yep. I should not be doing red for this. Red actually would fit our movie next week better. So during the intro song, I will change this. And when we come back <laughs> from the, the intro title s- segment being on the screen, uh, my background will be a different color. 
It won't be as bad as last well, a couple of weeks ago whenever I fucked up Blue Beetle. I still don't know why <laughs> I had purple when we were talking about Blue Beetle. And then just like a third of the way through the podcast, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I should have blue. But all right. Theme song. Anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Come on. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we liked and didn't like, and everything in between with the A24 movie, Past Lives. Slightly older movie, but it's hey, it's available on digital. You can find it. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. And with all that, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about past lives? Yeah, boy, this was good. I think it was really good. Um, and that's all he's got. Short yeah, episode, everyone. <laughs> all right, yep, it's good. That's Bye. pretty much it. It was good. All right, let's get out of here. Nothing more to say about it. Um, no, nah, man, I think not only was it good, I think that this was exceptional. Probably one of the best, like, I don't know, romance, dramas, whatever you want to call it, love triangles, whatever you want to call it that I've seen in a long time. Like, and I say that, and I'm pretty sure saying that a person listening to that or see or hearing that will think that that comes with certain expectations on the movie and what it's going to be about and how it's going to go. And trust me that saying that and what you actually get from the movie, the messages it delivers, uh, how it goes about telling the story and what you get by the end is really unlike anything you probably think you're going to get when you hear that it's a love triangle romance drama. It's unlike any any of anything that you probably will think it's going to be as far as your typical movies and stereotypes and stuff like that. Uh, Maturity is a word that keeps coming to mind when I think about this movie. This movie is very, very just mature in how it carries itself and the resolutions and how thought provoking it is. And even how, these characters are written. They're, they're not dumb characters. They don't make irrational decisions. They don't have stupid conversations. There, there, there was never, there's never a moment where I felt like, Oh, this is in here because this is the genre of movie I'm watching. So the characters are having the conversation that I'm expecting them to have. Because the the you know because the 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 movie is trying to 
have a cliche to make me feel a certain way. There, there, there was never a moment where I felt like that. And even when I thought that's what I was going to be getting, I just found the dialogue so rich and engaging. And, and it was crazy because like, I wasn't even having the best day uh, like a few days ago when I was watching this, like it was one of those hard days at work and I kind of had a little headache and I was like thinking about putting the movie off and I was like, I can't put it off. I got to watch it tonight. It was kind of one of those days. And then the movie starts and it captivated me so much that I forgot I had a headache. The opening scene of this movie is probably one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And this isn't a spoiler. It's two people that aren't really in the movie doing a a narrative observation of the main characters. Yeah, I love that. With what you see at the end of the movie. And it's just them going, oh, look at those people over there. What do you think their relationships are? And then it goes into the movie. Yeah, but that cool. scene is like this fucking like death hand grasp. It's just like it comes out of nowhere and it grabs you by the collar and goes, you're going to fucking watch this movie with intent and purpose and focus. Because it is just so engrossing in the first 10 seconds of the movie. Yeah. But that's a great point. It, and it really does. It grabs you right away. And I, and I was just so engaged in what was happening. I found myself smiling at certain parts, like big smiles. Like I'm watching characters interact and stuff happening. And it's so crazy. Like I, I, I felt with them. I was happy for them. I was sad for them. I was heartbroken with them. But I learned with them and I understood with them and I let go with them. And I think that that's really the magic of this film is that it it, it does exactly what a good film is supposed to do. It, it gets you to engage. It gets you to feel. It gets you to reflect. And then afterwards, you're like, And even after it's over, it lingers and it gives you something to think about and it gives you something to reflect on. And that is my kind of movie in a nutshell. And I'll speak more specifically about characters and people and stuff like because everybody is amazing in here. And even people who you would call minor characters are like sneaky good. You know, there's a kind of a. I don't know. Is he a minor or a major character? He's kind of major to the lives of the people. He's yeah, he's, he's major to the lives of the people, but I guess if you were doing casting, he would be the third or fourth person mentioned. Like a supporting. I I think there's three main characters if I'm honest, but yeah, it's, it's the thing is with this, I think is he's narratively important. Yes, integral to the the story. He's not screen time important. Yes. Yeah. But but without that character, 
the movie's barely anything. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work without this character. He's like, weirdly enough, he's the glue of the movie. He really is. He winds up being that, and you don't think he's that, which is like also the genius of the movie is like, because it doesn't seem like he's going to be that, but he winds up being it. Well, and that's sort of what makes this amazing, too. Weirdly enough, kind of like Beetlejuice. He's not in the first <laughs> half of the movie, really. Yeah. Like. But but narratively speaking, that character is why the story works. Yeah. And, and that's why he becomes a main character. I think, you know, typically in a normal movie, we'd relegate that character to supporting character. Yes. But the, the he's not supporting the story, though. He is an integral cog in the story. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's what makes him a main character when the movie's over. Yeah, it really does. And his performance, even though he doesn't get as much, is like crazy good because he had to nail some things. And I'll just go ahead and say his name. I mean, we keep saying he, he, he. He's I guess we can, we can large, say the name. He's by and large the most relatable character in this entire movie, at least for me. By yeah. and large. Um, Mr. Arthur, John Magaro. Man, yep. dude, like, he is like sneaky good in this because he doesn't get much. And sometimes he doesn't even get lines. But boy, what that man was doing with his face and what he was doing with his and how he was emoting certain feelings and emotions. You just felt every single thing that he was doing. And like this character, like also, I think the genius of that character is that I think when you're first introduced to him, the instinct is to root against him. I think a little bit. That And then the movie sort of challenges you to grow up and <laughs> understand and face some realities and things like that. And for you to learn a lesson, you know, don't be so cliche in how you see things as well. And so this is... Wonderful. And, oh, go ahead. And just being as vague as possible, the scene essentially that addresses exactly what you're talking about is one of my favorite scenes I've ever fucking seen in a movie. I love it because I, it weirdly gets meta about the story, but not so meta that you're just like, oh, you're being meta. He's doing it within the context of what is actually happening in the story. And is such a turning point for his character because of what it comments on while he says what he says. Yep. And I'm good. I'm going to spoil something for later of this podcast. That scene I'm talking about right now will be the first thing I bring up in spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. And I know exactly where you're going with that. So like, so I think I've said enough. This is, for me, one of the best movies I've seen this year. Like, I, it it has to be. It just has to be one of the best. Like, I, 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 I just can't think of it any other way. And I know I haven't seen everything. 
I know that there's plenty that I pro that I'm probably leaving um on the table. But right now, for my money, this is one of the best movies of the year. I I, I haven't seen too many movies as smart, engaging, and mature as this. Heather, what about you? So first and foremost, this movie is like a a master class of how you make very natural and intelligent dialogue because there's not like a wasted line in this movie, but it's also that it feels so like genuine conversations between people who know each other on the level that these people know each other. And I think that's what engages you so quickly in it is because you're, it just, it seems like a conversation that like of people that, you know, just having a conversation in their everyday life. And there's very few movies that do natural conversations that are always so meaningful in that way. And that's what I, I really like most about this movie is like the situations and the relationships and the conversations they have are super important, but they're also very relatable conversations and situations, but they're also um, kind of like what Jason said, you kind of learn from it a little bit. Like you kind of learn a little bit of, okay, if this is your situation, how are you handling this? Right. And that is kind of why our man, Arthur kind of comes in and kind of steals a show at points because the way he handles some things is, um, is immaculate. It's great. It's perfect. You know, he's just such a, great character like he he's by far I think my favorite character and all of them are great so but it's just because I think you don't expect it I think that's what it is about him you don't expect him to be the character that he is in this movie and it catches you off guard but it adds so much to the story that they're telling um the acting on every level is insane it's so good um Greta Lee who plays the lead in this is wonderful um i've actually only seen her in like comedic roles before this um she was like a recurring character on like new girl and on the morning show and she's always kind of either very sarcastic or just really like a funnier type of character and this is the first time i've seen her more in like a dramatic role where she's you know predominantly supposed to be serious and she nailed it she nailed it big time so I was really glad to kind of see that sort of range from her. Um, and I really liked it. And um, I know I've seen uh, Arthur in some other things. John Magaro. I, I can't. I know he was in Umbrella Academy. There's a couple of things I've seen him in. He also looks like he could be the brother of, uh, what is it, Spot from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I feel like they have a similar look. Um, but... And the other lead, uh, Tao Yu, I have not seen before in anything, but he was fantastic. Kind of similar to Arthur where like everything he's conveying with his face and his eyes is just so like captivating because you feel all of the emotions that he's going through and you, you feel where he's at with his situation a lot. So I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those stories that it like while at points very tragic is also so like for some reason somehow still also very hopeful at the same time. <laughs> I don't really like that's a really hard thing to master in a movie, especially a movie about this 
specific kind of topic in general, but somehow they managed to do that in a really great way in this film. So I, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like this has got to be one of the the better movies I've seen this year for sure. Um, acting performances, everything is great. Like I hope they aren't overlooked at if they do award stuff this year. Um, I mean, not that it really matters because you know, those award shows mean really not a whole lot anymore, but I think that they should really be considered for a lot because they are all so fantastic and the writing and the everything about this movie is so well done. Like, and and you have to, especially with a movie like this where it's very dialogue driven, very story driven, not really a lot of like action stuff or necessarily a lot of different like set pieces or anything like that. Like you have to make sure that that is tight. Like that it's locked down, that it's like really, really like great, greatly written stuff. If you're doing a movie like this and they absolutely like nailed it in that department. Yeah. um, Yeah. I just, I I do love the underlying message of this. I love how it, it really was one of those movies that I stepped away from it. And like, I'm thinking about this movie when I saw it in theaters on my way home the first time I saw it. And like, it, it keeps you thinking. It really does kind of keep you thinking like about the story and about what the story means and the message that you take away from it. So yeah, it's, it's just really, it's one of those like very rare movies and stories where you're just kind of like, nothing can really kind of touch it <laughs> in the sense of like how it tells its story. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just so, it kind of caught me off guard. Like I didn't really know what to expect from this movie, but it's so like, it's up there for a 24 with its dramas for me, for sure. I'm going to take something you said, Heather, and I'm going to just push it a little further. This movie does for dialogue. What like the John wick movies do for action sequences. Yeah, that's fair like, to say. Yeah. It just weirdly makes it so effortless in this. This the the dialogue in this movie is the sole motivating force for how this movie moves forward. There's not any action set pieces, there's not you know, there's barely any real like what you would call a set piece per se. This movie is just 100% driven by dialogue. And just like you said, Heather, this is probably the first time with a movie like this that I truly feel like there's not a single wasted word that was spoken. Every single word felt like it made sense in the context of what they did. And I want to expound upon something you said, Justin, when you talked about how this is very mature. I think this movie is also very modern with how it, uh, it uses its commentary towards relationships. The way some of the stuff is handled in this isn't necessarily always mature as much as it is also a more modern take on things. People nowadays are more willing to accept more of the facets of what happens with relationships than other generations necessarily were. Like, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about uh, being the black sheep in a way. 
with her family and all this other stuff. And I mentioned like my family has a history of getting divorces, like so many divorces in my family. And they all think that the divorce that I'm going through right now is weird because me and my ex-wife don't hate each other. We just came to the realization after we were married that this, like that our relationship does not work on that level. Like it might work as dating. It might work as friends. It might work as other things. It didn't work as being married. And we were able to come to that realization and we're dissolving our marriage, but we don't hate each other. And my family think that's weird because they're like, you're getting divorced. You should hate each other. When I like all the divorces I've gone through, we hated each other. Like that's, that's the default. And to them, that's it's like, well, you know, then like, what are you do? like? So they, 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 they question a lot of what we're doing with that stuff. And it's like, no, like we can sit down and have a conversation about how it did not work between us and not hate each other. Like, I'm really happy that that's the way things are going with it. You know, like, I'm glad I don't hate her. You know, and as much as it sucks that it didn't work out, I'm glad that be, the way it's ending is the way it is. Like, so while that partially might be some maturity with it, but like I said, that's also a more modern take on it. Because the old way of doing stuff would be, well, if it's that, you know, if you're feeling this thing, that means that you're obviously not feeling this about this other thing. Or you're because you handled it this way, that automatically means that's a knock against this other aspect of a relationship. And that's just not true. Like, relationships are complicated. There can be facets to things. You know, just because you've, it like, it's almost the whole thing of like, if you, just because you loved someone in the past, that doesn't mean that that takes away the love you have for somebody else now. You know, so why act like that? You know, if that can be true, other things can be true without it being a knock against a current relationship. Yeah, both can be true. Yeah. That's a good point. And I love the way that this movie handles this because I don't know if I've ever seen a movie really handle that like this movie does. You know, and with just immaculate writing and all these other things behind it. I mean, this is the first movie that she has written and directed. I think she worked in theater. So she might have done play work and all of those things. You know, so I'm not saying this is the only time she's written anything. But this is the first thing she's written that's been made into a movie. This is the first time she's ever directed anything. And if this is her grasp on dialogue, relationships, acting, narrative, just construction. Holy shit, she's great. Like I was expecting to see like a list of shit. Nope. This is it. At least as far as movies and everything else goes. 
She was also appeared on something like behind the theater or something. That's why I do think she comes from theater without looking any further than IMDb as of right now. But, uh, Oh, she is a playwright. There we go. Um, so you guys, uh, want to go to recommendations and scores? Yep. Yep. Recommendations and score. Uh, Heather, go. Yeah, absolutely recommended. I mean, this is almost one of those, like, I have no notes about anything I'd change about this movie. <laughs> like, I mean, at first, like, I had to think about that when I first saw this because I was like, wait a minute. Like, would I have done something differently with how this turns out and all of that? And I wouldn't, though. I really wouldn't because of this, how unique this story is, but also not just the uniqueness of it, but kind of like what Sterling said, how it handles the story, how it handles the subject, how it handles the situation. It's beautiful. And it's so, um, it's such a, a rare and just an original story in general. And it's just completely worth your time because I think you can learn something from it, but you're also just going to be so captivated by these performances by everybody in this movie. It's just a really great, like storytelling type of movie. And it, it really, the dialogue does drive this movie forward at every point. There's, there's no point when it doesn't, it's very reliant on that. And I love that because there's a lot of movies that try to do it, but they don't do it as well. Um, and there's others that do it great too, but this one is just definitely in that category of just knowing how to do it the right way. So, um, it's a beautiful story. I mean, yeah, it is, it is a love story, but it is a story about also life and hope and just expectations and things like that. It's about a lot of different things, at least from what I took away from it. And, and I think there's something kind of in it for everybody in some aspect. So I definitely think that it is worth your time. It is worth a watch. It is a beautiful story, uh, beautifully acted and written yeah, there's there's no reason not to watch this movie. It's so great. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to... Um, what am I going to give this? It's up there. It's really up there. Um, I mean, I think I'm gonna, I'll go with a 94 um, coffee mugs with your name written in tape on it out of 100. Justin, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm going to recommend it as well. I mean, it was the cure for my bad day that day. And sometimes a movie can do that. Like you can be, you can have a bad or stressful week or maybe you're going through something. And sometimes for that hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is, a movie can just engage you and get you to evaluate and think about something else. And sometimes just being taken away from the, the, the routine that is life sometimes and taken on a journey and a journey that you feel like once it's over, you feel like your way of looking at things is better than before you started the movie. And this is kind of one of those, like, it's just one of those. It was, it just, came really at the right time for me. 
And I agree with you, Heather. It's yes, it is primarily about a relationship. But I think if you were just a person who feels like you've had regrets or maybe you're a person who you look back at your past and you're wondering if you had made this decision, how would things have gone? Or if you had done or if you're somebody who fixates on that kind of stuff, because that's stuff that I think people do all the time. What if I had made this decision or what if I had made that decision or and, and you sort of kind of can sometimes get fixated on the possibilities of what was and things like that. I think some of that is in here, too. And that's a very relatable thing. So I think the movie has something to say about that as well. Um and I think like kind of what Sterling was talking about, but then there are things about relationships that are very relatable too. And, and sort of being able to interpret and understand your feelings for people. But, but like I said, just back to that, my, my maturity word, uh, but then also being mature enough to, understand and share those things and come to a resolution that, 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 that I think even though sometimes it can be heartbreaking is also very uplifting and hopeful and thoughtful. So, I mean, this movie has all of that. It it has all of that. So, yeah, man, this is this is definitely a star of this year. It's worth seeing. And I think that I just don't it's just one of those movies where I just don't see you walking away with nothing after watching this. I I just feel like after you watch it, you will walk away with something, Um, even if it's just enjoyment for what you saw and appreciating just a well put together film. Uh, with that being said, we'll go 96. Uh, selling a book called Boner out of 100. Heather, you got to be careful when you take drinks. Especially during the recommendation <laughs> section. You're right. I recommend this movie. In fact, I recommended it right after I saw the movie. Uh, I texted Justin and said, hey, you would really like this movie. You did. Uh, so, yes, I think it's safe to say I recommend this movie. I have. I think... I'm kind of with you guys on so so much of this movie. When it comes to something as far as just a completely well-crafted film from directing to writing everything, this is probably the best one of the year that I've seen. It's not to say that there aren't just good, fun-time movies. Barbie's a great, good, fun-time movie. This is 
one of those movies, though, that encapsulates how much you can do with a movie with having very little to do with. I mean, like I said, this movie is just people talking over and over again. It's people in South Korea talking. It's people in America talking. It's people in South Korea talking to people in America. And it's people talking while they walk around New York City. You know, that's all this movie is. And, but it is one of the most engrossing, intoxicating, just hooks in you movies you could watch. Like I said, my, it, it had its hooks in me within the first 10 seconds of this movie. Just because of the way it, it showed you a little bit of the end of the movie at the beginning, out of context, with people trying to put it into context by just looking at it. And then when you see the context put together at the, you know, as the movie unfolds, damn, it is just a joy to watch. We're all roughly right around the same. So I I will just split the difference. I give this a 95 Skype conversations on an old ass computer out of a hundred. And if you're guessing based on the scores of 94, 95, 96, the Senate score is a 95. Nice. Spoilers. That might be the highest almost, right? That we've done. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Yep. Okay, so about two-thirds of the way through the movie, there is a scene where Arthur and Greta are sitting in bed talking. This is right after she just spent the day with her old childhood friend crush person. And he was asking her questions and, you know, Earlier in the day or after they'd first hung out and she'd first gotten home, she asked him questions or he was asking her questions. And you could tell he was starting to slightly get annoyed because her answers were answers and non-answers. Like in a way that would be worrisome if you're in a relationship with somebody. You know, she just kept talking about how this man was so Korean. And he's like, well, is that a good or a bad thing? Because she was not really saying. Because there were times she would say he's so Korean because of this thing, and it would kind of lean it to it being a negative connotation. But then the next thing she would say would be like, almost when she would say he's so Korean in that light, it's a positive thing. So it's like, where does, what, like, what all does this mean? You know, even whenever she asks, or he asks her, like, is he attractive? And she's like, I think so. In a Korean kind of way. And you're like, and he's like, but like, what does that mean? 
you know, and you could see him kind of getting frustrating or frustrated, which leans towards what we were talking about earlier, that he would be the villain of the movie. And then the next scene is like them lying in bed and they're just talking. And he brings up the fact that in a story, his character would be the villain. Mm-hmm. That's the best scene of the whole movie. Yeah. That, you know, they were childhood best friends and, they, you know, both had crushes on each other and they had this deep connection. And, you know, he's just the white guy that shows up and they slept together because there was no one else around and they moved in together because that would make rent cheaper. And they just happened to get married. And, you know, and then now that that, that this guy's back in her life, he's the one standing in the way. And I love the way they did that. Because he was saying it partially as a joke, and it's partially a commentary on what they set up his character to be and what 99 other movies would have done with his character. And I liked that it showed him whilst talking about it also was him processing his own feelings towards what was going on in all of these things. And, you know, and then later in the movie, they're all sitting at a bar and Tao and Greta, their characters are just sitting there talking almost exclusively in Korean just talking to each other. And she's like turned and she's facing him and all these things with her back to her husband. And he's just sitting there. You can probably only pick up a few words here and there because he only knows a little bit of Korean. And they're just talking, even talking about him and talking about what could have been, what was all of these things. And he's just sitting there throughout all of it. And I loved how that tied back to the beginning of the movie because what those other people were saying about that dynamic sitting there, they were both right. And they didn't know it when they were talking like the, the, the two Korean people are together. That's kind of what they were talking about sitting right there. And that the, the white guy was just a guy sitting there was just, you know, was their tour guide was just there to be there for a little bit. And ultimately was going to be not a part of the story in the end. And then the other person also said, no, the white guy and the, the Korean woman are married. And this is a friend from, you know, out of town. Like they were both right. When they were both talking about that specific scene. But, and I, I just loved how that all tied together like that. And I love the way they portrayed it as it played out in the movie. Because my next favorite scene is when all said and done and Tao's character is going back to uh, Korea. She, you know, walks him to where he's going to take his cab. And then she just has this slow walk back and then she gets to her husband and breaks down. Because like over the last, you know, 
24 years. She's talked to this man a couple of times and all this stuff. So it was a lot of emotions flooding in. It was a lot of what ifs flooding in. And it just overwhelmed her in the end. But I loved the fact that her husband didn't take the fact that she was just overwhelmed by all these emotions of long lost friend, long lost potential love, what if love, all of these things. None of that took away. And in that moment, you know, when he's holding her while this is happening, it was like him accepting the fact that while she might be feeling all of those things, none of that means that she loves him any less. None of that means that she doesn't think that where she's at is where she's supposed to be. That just because she had a relationship with this character that was a will they, won't they, you know, two ships passing in the night or long lost lovers, like all these different cliches, even though that these two people had that, that doesn't mean that who she's supposed to be with is him. And he had accepted that, that she was, you know, having all of these feelings and that did not diminish any of her feelings for him. So his job, his role in that scenario then was just to comfort her and give her the support she needed. Because he is the one that is meant to be with her. You know, a lot of this movie talks about fate and all of these things. And I kind of liked one of the the dialogues they had of like, you know, in this life, we weren't meant to be together. In this life, I'm meant to be with him. So then it becomes a less about what ifs of just a, what were our past lives then? You know, we had a past life where we hated each other. We were married and we hated each other. We had a past life where we just happened to just sit next to each other on a train which also great joke when she says why. And he said, that's because that's what the ticket said. That's a great joke. Um, and then, you know, and he's like, Oh, there was another one where you were married to somebody else. You're the queen and you were married to somebody else. And you're just fucking me, the King's henchman, you know? And I liked that because it was like them having a version of a conversation where they were, were acknowledging that they had feelings. Some of those feelings might be unresolved. Some of those feelings might just be old feelings resurfacing because you haven't really seen each other in 24 years. All of these things. But that does not mean that she's supposed to leave her husband for him and that they both were accepting it. I fucking loved that. Yep. Agree. I feel like I'm going to rattle on if I keep going. Heather, what about you? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's part of the whole, um, what I loved about it too, um, is, um, what is his name in the, you, is Tao his, uh, actor name or is his his real uh, name or his name in the movie? I think it's Hay. I'm trying to remember. Or Hai. It's Tao Yu is his real name. Uh, Zhong Hai. Is his name in the movie? Hai Sung. Hai Sung. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Hai Sung. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, his character 
like you kind of feel a little bit heartbroken for him because of just this whole situation and everything. But I do really love kind of going into what you talked about Sterling with that scene when they're in the bar and they're talking to each other is he, he never once even, yeah, he didn't even try to be like, Hey, why don't you leave your husband for me? Like he, he didn't even do that as much as he was clearly still not over her and loved her and everything. Like, he never once did that. He actually was like, hey, um, I hate the fact that I like your husband and that your husband's cool. <laughs> like, I, I think that makes this harder. But at the same time, like, I get it kind of thing. And and him even saying like the um, what was the term that they used for people whose lives were intertwined? It was. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't like remember. In what they or it. something like that. Inyun. 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 Yes. Yeah. And I love that he kind of used that. And, and said, like, you know, you have that with him and that's who he is for you here now. And basically just that acceptance of like, this really sucks. But at the same time, I get it. And I almost in the sense of like, I want you to be happy. And this guy, I like this guy that you are with that you chose. And and even in that conversation, obviously, like he's very isolated from it because he doesn't speak the same language as they do. But um, he knew some of the words, like you said, he knew a little bit of what was going on. And I do like the fact that she kind of turned to him at one point and said like, oh, he's talking about you. And I think it was after that conversation about that. And he was like, he was like, no, he's talking about you in that sense and not himself. Like just kind of reassuring him sort of of what they're talking about. And um, and I'm just like, in all honesty, like Arthur for me is for real the MVP of this movie. <laughs> like the way that that man handled the whole situation, it was a game changer. It really was like the scene that you talked about Sterling where they're in bed and they're talking about that. Like, I don't know that I've ever like related to a character so much as far as like just all of these insecurities that he has in his own relationship. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, he's like, would you actually be with me if it weren't for the circumstances we were in? Like if, if it weren't, if it weren't for the fact that we were just placed here at the same time or whatever, like you, you could be with some other random person. Like, is it really me that you want? And just really speaking to that whole thing of, you know, I question if, you know, you actually love me. Like, I know you say you love me. I just have a hard time believing it sometimes. And just the honesty of that and both of them actually just being very honest with each other about their feelings, you know, and even the scene before that, when she's talking about like, oh, he's very Korean this and he's very Korean that. And you can see that that's really kind of like, you know, he's struggling with that concept and he's struggling with what she's saying. But I like that as much as it sucked to hear it for him, she was very honest with him. You know, she, she wasn't trying to like hide any sort of like, no, no, never, uh, not at all. Like, no, you're the one. She was very honest about her feelings, you know, and she's like, you know, and she's just like, yeah, I mean, this is where my life ended up. This is what it is. But you know what? Like, you're forgetting that I do love you, you know, and like it just I was wondering where it was going up to that point. But then when she said that, I was like, okay, like, I'm really glad that she reassured him in that way, because I think that's what he needed to hear, you know, because I mean, you just see how he's laying out his vulnerabilities in front of her and just being like, I don't, I don't know what to think right now. And, you know, and, and just that whole feeling of him saying, 
you're actually my entire world and you actually make my life better and you make me into this better person. And I just don't know if I do that for you in a sense, like that whole conversation is so real. And I know so many people that have had that, that same sort of like question and doubt and things like that. And, and it's a very real thing. And I love that they addressed it. And, and I just, I love that it wasn't this cliche of like, you're the only one for me and all these things. It didn't do that. It really spoke to the truth of their situation of like, yeah, like we, we ended up together because of the situation we were both in, but I still love you. It doesn't take away the fact that I love you and I'm with you and I want to be with you, you know, even in the midst of this long lost love that she had when she was a kid that, you know, they clearly both never really fully got over that or recovered from that. You know, it's not like in, in lesser movies, she would have, yeah, kind of like what you guys or what I think Sterling alluded to of would have left the husband and been like, no, this is my, this is my one true love. We're meant to be together. Lesser movies would have done that. And I'm not saying that that's a bad story all the time, but the maturity, like you talked about Justin of this story and how this plays out. And it's like, this is actually what a real relationship is. It's rocky. It's not always going to be what you want. You're not always going to hear what you want to hear, but you know what? Like we love each other and we're going to work at it. And this is our marriage. We've been together for what were they like 12 plus years together? I mean, they're not just throwing that away. (laughs) They're not just throwing that away because this friend that, you know, they used to have, you know, feelings for each other and still do like he comes into town, but it's, you know, she's her mindset is not to go out and wreck her marriage because of this either, you know? And like, I, I just, I, I really do like how they played out the events and just the, the kind of mutual respect that both of the guys had for each other, you know, where it was like, you know, I, you know, the husband realizing I realized that you've been friends forever and you haven't seen each other. And, you know, I understand that you used to be in love when you were 12 or however old you were. Like I just, the mutual respect of that. And then him being like, you know, I respect that, you know, she's with you. He's the guy that you'll stay for, you know? And I really liked that, that he said that in there when he was like, in this world, Arthur is the guy that you stay for. And that was a really cool kind of like profound moment for him. And I think that was sort of his realization of, you know, like you're an adult now and you're mature now and you're making this decision. You're deciding to stay. It's not just like, Oh, your family's up and leaving to a different country. Like you're choosing to stay with him and it's different this time. And I really just like how he talked about that and, and approached that situation. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> It, I, I liked in general Nora's honesty through the entire movie too, even with, uh, even with her, her friend, you know, when she was like, when they're talking and they're getting to know each other again and she's like, you know, Hey, I don't really want to talk to you for a while because I moved here for a reason. I want to make sure I'm doing what I set out and not just sort of like dreaming about this thing that, I didn't even know like was something I was thinking about before I started talking to you again, you know, like just being very realistic about there's a reason that I'm here and I want to do something with that because that's a real thing too, where you're like, sure. Dreaming is nice and good and all, but at the same time, 
I have an opportunity here and I want to pursue that opportunity because that's why I'm here. And I respect that. And the fact that she was honest with him about that, where she's like, I'm sitting here dreaming all the time about going back on a flight to go see you when I should be working on my New York thing. And that was a really cool moment too. Like I respect that because it's, I, I mean, and her just being like, let's just not talk for a while. Like realistically, we're not even going to be able to see each other for at least a year, if not more. Like, let's just not keep prolonging the inevitable of, you know, we're just talking to each other and it's not going anywhere. Kind of is kind of what it felt like she thought at the moment. And I don't know, just everything about what they do with the story is very real and natural and like, kind of like they plucked it from somebody's actual life. <laughs> like this could have been like a documentary about somebody's actual love life. You know, it was very, very well handled in every way. And, um, you know, I just, I, I loved the, the, um, like the boyish earnestness of, um, of the guy, the, the, the friend that she had and how he was just very, everything he did felt like just with straight sincerity all the time and um, just very shy and to himself. And like just the way he played that character was so well done. And um, the fact that they're very different personalities really worked well too, because you see like the thing in the other that they were attracted to and why they worked, you know what I mean? But at the same time you see Nora's husband who is, in a sense opposite of, of the other guy. So it's kind of like you see why there's this sticky situation and you understand each of their perspectives. And that's what's so great about the writing in this. You understand each person's perspective. You understand each person and what they're feeling and why they're feeling it. And that is a really hard thing to do in a movie like this. Cause it's so easy to just be like, I only understand one person's perspective <laughs> or I only understand two people's perspective. If there's three people really kind of involved with it, but the fact that they equally help you understand and empathize with each of these main characters is really an amazing thing to do when you're making a movie about this and you're trying to tell it in this way. So I don't know. I just, I really just, I love how they how they just unfolded everything and just the very real conversations they were having. And again, I do like the outcome of, you know, at the end when, you know, um, her friend's leaving and it's just like, okay, well, we don't know what we are, but I, I love, I think that was the hopefulness of it, of he's like, you know what, maybe this is our past life. Like just in his head, he's trying to find ways to still be hopeful that, you know, of something good happening, regardless of, basically this is where we're at and we're not together and that sucks. And him just still trying to find sort of like a silver lining in that situation, I think was really beautiful because I mean, he got a really bad end of the deal there and he was trying to make the most of it. And I, I thought that was really cool. And I appreciated that he did that. And just in general, the, the idea of this movie basically saying like, your life's not always going to turn out the way that you expected that it would, but that doesn't mean that it turned out wrong. It doesn't mean that it turned out in a bad way just because it wasn't exactly what you expected it to be. And I feel like that's the story of, I mean, that's actually the, the rule more than the exception 
if you will, because that's everybody's life where it's like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, but we're here and we're dealing with it. And there's things to still be grateful for and things to still make us happy in this life that we didn't expect was going to be our life. And I really, really love that because that's just this hopefulness of humanity and this hopefulness of, of life and love in general is just like, you know, it's going to look different than what you're imagining a hundred percent, but different is not bad. I mean, because yeah, like her husband in every other story absolutely would have been the villain in this and you're not rooting for him. And you're like, no, get out of the picture. She needs to be with her childhood crush and her childhood love. You're not like that with this. I wasn't anyway. I was kind of like, good for you. You stayed with your husband that you've been with for 12 years. You didn't just, you know, destroy an entire 12 year marriage because of this, you know, seeing this guy that you still have feelings for. And the fact that Arthur still knew, obviously there were still feelings there. And again, still loved her through that and still knew that she loved him through that after they had that conversation. Like it was so, it was handled so well. And I just like, it's, it's kind of unmatched in how it talks about like functional, healthy relationships that you should be having in a sense. So I I don't know. There's just so many good qualities about how they just handle all the aspects of this. And there, there wasn't the trope of they're going to have an affair, but then still realize they don't want to be together, you know, or, Oh, like let's, you know, let's kiss and let's do all the things and whatever. Like it wasn't like that. It was, it was very much like a, okay, we still want to get to know each other and we still have these feelings, but we're doing it in a way of how long is it? Like 20 something years. They hadn't seen each other. I mean, and they're just like, it was 24 years. Cause it was 12 years before they started talking again. And then another 12 years since the last time they talked. Yep. Yep. So it's kind of like, you know, they like they're, they're talking and they're communicating and they're getting to know each other in a way that people who haven't talked in that long should be. It wasn't just like, I haven't seen you in 20 years, but I know what we used to have. So let's just have a fling or something like that. Like a, a lesser written movie would have just kind of been lazy about the writing of it, if that makes sense, you know, and, and they didn't do that here. And they, yeah, they were just very careful with how they handled it. And it just felt more real to like people that I know in my everyday life that would maybe be in a situation like that. And that's the beauty of this movie. They write characters that are very real characters that you feel for each one of them. There's not a single one of these, at least the three that you're like, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. Like you completely understand where each and every one of them is coming from with their actions and their feelings. So yeah, it's just, it's on a different level and it's one of those that because it stays with you after you don't really quite, it doesn't seep in right away how great the writing of this movie is until you're thinking about it after you've left and you're like, man, there was so much to unpack in that movie. So yeah, it's just, it's really just a credit to how, how well the storytelling is done in this movie. Justin, what about you? Yeah, y'all both made some um some very good points. And I think all of that is um is is definitely on point when just talking about some of the lessons learned and 
just what this movie was trying to say. And and yeah, for and even though for the most part this is just people talking, I'll start with some of the little stuff. Well, I say little stuff, but I mean it's all big stuff because it helps the movie. But like even just the locations and where we were and the way that this was shot was very smart, was very meticulous. Just even some of the shots, like I really love the shot when they were kids in South Korea and that, that goodbye where he's going up the stairs and that visual that she's going to have to go down them and the sort of the goodbye at the end and almost them having to go to these different worlds that split apart that, that moment where we really sort of said goodbye to each other, you know, it's dawning on me now that was really the true ending of the possibility of them being together. It was. Well, because it very much is a just such a great visual representation of them going down two different paths. Yes. Like you were going two different directions in their in their lives. There's not that like coalescent point. Exactly. It was never going to that there was no way that that was going to come around or anything like that. I think that was very deliberate and it, and it's exactly what you said. It's dawning on me now. That's what that was. And that's why it comes back to that scene and we get sort of a, a glimpse of it before high song gets into the, uh, the Uber, you know, it was the realization all over again that but we're now grown-ups and now we understand at first we're being forced you know because parents want to um to immigrate to the u.s and different things like that and it's not you know we're going on different paths but maybe we weren't in control of it but that's sort of the maturity of the film is that later we see it but it, it takes on a, a better meaning, a more meaningful meaning, because now we understand that the paths, we understand why the paths are different. You know, we understand that now we are two different people. I love when Nora told him that I left that little girl with you and that little girl loved you. And that love is real. That wasn't a fake emotion. That wasn't anything that didn't happen. That love was real. But I am a different Nora now. My life is different. My path, this path that I've been on has made me different. And, you know, I'm not the little girl that you fell in love with. And and it was like you were kind of saying, Heather, with that, he had to come to grips with that. He had to understand that. And I believe he did understand that, you know, and, and there were parts where he would say things like you're you, but you belong here because you're so ambitious. You know, I you know, 
staying in South Korea, you you would have been too ambitious for that place. You, you know, there are times where they're throwing these little tidbits at each other to kind of show that they are where they were supposed to be. Even the stuff she was saying about him, about him being very Korean. And yeah, he lives with his, he still lives with his mother, which is a very Korean thing. And yeah, he's very manly, but in a Korean sort of way. And like, I like that you guys talked about those scenes where she, where Nora's talking to Arthur because some, because I think the 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 natural inclination is is that we've seen so many of these movies and and so many of these stories have been so cliche where you're thinking that when she's talking to him, like could there be could she be misdirecting him or could there be a hint of her not being truthful? I believe there was no misdirection at all. She was totally being truthful about everything that she said. And even that part where she's like, where when he asked her about, well, do you think that Sung is attractive? And she said, well, yes, maybe, but but it's more like in a Korean way. And I think it's more, there could be an attraction, but I think it's also just the fact that I missed him and I haven't seen him in such a long time. And you know, and he also represented the past, kind of an unresolved past, just that possibility of a what if I had stayed and this part of her life that is really a part of her, her culture and her people and stuff like that. You know, that's really a, a part of her that she left and there and and that will always be sort of a part of her and a thing that, and I think that anybody who has sort of a past like that, or these things in your past that were kind of unresolved or there are these kind of unanswered questions about your past. I think you can relate to that because anytime you're reunited with an old friend or something that sort of reminds you of that, there's a certain level of nostalgia and feelings. And sometimes that stuff comes back because those experiences were real, but that doesn't mean that now we need to embrace all of that. Abandon everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Abandon everything else and give up what you have built and what you have made over here, because that's real too. There are real feelings there too. So I think that that's a great lesson about not being so fixated on your past and Mm -hmm. maybe some regrets you might have or some things that may have happened and the wondering of, well, what if we had done this or what if we had done that? And, and, And it's like the hard truth of that is, is that you will never know what could have happened in those other possibilities it really reminds me of that whole concept of like you know which path should i choose right for one thing or another and you're just like you're like which one is the right one when a lot of times either one is uh, is fine either one is the right path it's just the outcome might be different for what it is but that doesn't mean either one of them is the wrong choice you know, and that's very much what this reminds me of. And like, 
I mean, even in, in my adult life, thinking about, you know, like moving away from home, moving away from everybody that I knew. And it's like, was that the right decision? Was that what I should have done? Is it wrong if I leave that? And it's like, no, it's not. But it's also not wrong if you stay. It's really just a matter of what do you think is going to be the best thing for you for growing and learning and being happy? You know what I mean? And it very much just reminds me of that because it's it's like people always assume that there's just like, oh, this wasn't the right choice. I should have made the other choice. When there's so many times when either choice is the right choice. And you see that a lot here with her husband versus her childhood love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you can never really know. Yeah. If it was the wrong choice, there's, there's more truth in looking and evaluating the life that you have now and the choices that you made to be where you are now and understanding that and, and being appreciative and I, I probably said the best word before understanding of that, then there is trying to make sense of understand or understand all of these choices yeah. that you didn't make or all of these decisions yep. that you didn't make or these paths of wondering, well, what if I had, or what if I, and I know that it's just, that's just naturally what we do because you 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 feel like you you have this life now and you fixate on the the fact of what if it could have been better or mm-hmm. did i i'm i, I might have made the wrong choice or anything like that but i love that this movie challenges that and says well really you could never know that you you could never know if that was a right or a more right choice or a more wrong, you could never possibly know that, you yeah, know, like what could do what ifs do basically, because like, this is where we're at now, you know? And I feel like that's a huge part of what it is. Yeah. And it would just, and it just would, and it seems foolish to jump back into a what if, when you have made all of these decisions, you, mm-hmm. you, you made all these decisions, you made these sort of things happen to be where you are now because of real love and feelings that you felt and decisions that you made for what you wanted in your life and what your happiness is. So that's part of it too. You know, and I, there, I feel like falling in love with somebody can also be, like how he was talking about like the convenience of it, right? Where he's like, oh, we just happened to live together because it was cheaper and whatever he was saying. But like, there are so many situations where like you can fall in love by accident with people all the time, you know, where it's just like, yeah, this isn't what I expected. This isn't, you know, I, I wasn't doing this and, you know, renting a room with you because I was in love with you. But, you know, I, I'm spending this time with you when I do love you. That's very much a real thing. Yeah. 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 And I think uh, so. I just I just love that this challenges that. And that was just and sometimes understanding that there are those possibilities and these choices you didn't make and stuff like that. Sometimes letting go of that, letting go of the past in those ways can be very heartbreaking. It can be very painful to have to let that go. 
but it can also be the only way to mature and be better about what you have in front of you. You know, it, yeah. it's so you have to let so on some level, you, you have to let go of those things because what you have now, that's the only way it's going to grow. And that was sort of the challenge of Nora's relationship with Arthur is that, and I love the part when he said, when you dream, you dream in Korean. And I feel like there's this whole part of you that I don't know, Mm -hmm. that I don't have access to. And I don't understand that I don't understand. But what I love about the film and why the ending for me is my favorite scene when the long walk after the Uber and her crying and then him embracing that because Arthur, whenever um, high song reveals that she was this big cry baby and that she had always been this cry baby. And, and, you know, we, and earlier when she's having a conversation with song, um, Nora says, well, I would always cry and, you know, you would always be there to console me. You know, you would always be there to sort of stop the crying and everything. And I remember when Arthur was hearing about her being a crybaby, he was surprised, like, what? Like, you cry, you know? And I think that that was kind of complimenting what he was saying. Like, there are these parts of her that... He hadn't yep. seen the vulnerability of her. He hadn't seen these, these, the, that life past life and the regrets and some of the parts of her that are the real passions of hers and things that are really real. He hadn't got to experience that. So it was not just also like these two people kind of coming to grips with the childhood love that never was and that possibility and coming to grips with. That is not a possibility now, but it was also Arthur having to experience that and be there for that. He had to see that. He had to experience that. He had to experience the friend. And ultimately, when she cried, it was in front of him and he was the one now consoling her, which sort of which sort of sealed the deal that he was the one. You know what I mean? He was the one now, you know, now she can be vulnerable. She can be honest with him and he can be honest with her. So they, they pass the test as a couple, you know, it it wasn't even, it wasn't just the realization that, well, we've done this for a long time, so we need to continue it. I think that relationship passed the test. Well, there's, there's multiple facets to it because it's like the whole, you're getting to see something that used to be something that pretty much was only present in me when I was back in Korea. But then you also get the aspect of it of he knew this about me. And that was like part of our connection and all of these things. And, and, and now my that connections with you, like that was good back then, but you are the now. And yep. like, I like that. It's that change of he used to see me cry now he doesn't get to see me cry because I didn't cry in front of him. I cried when I got yeah. to you. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. You saw it. Yep. He didn't. Yeah. And, and that's why that for me, that that was the scene because that's it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it was heartbreaking because she had to let go of that past and that possibility and Korea and high song, but it was uplifting at the same time because their relationship passed the test and Arthur got to see that he got to live that he got to see that he got to see her at her most vulnerable. You know, he got to see her actually let go of that and embrace her life with him. And he was there for it. And he was there for that vulnerability. And he also showed her a lot of vulnerability, just expressing how he felt about this and how he felt about her and wondering if I will ever get, you know, will I ever get all of you? And it includes this. It include it it included this part. So I just like that message too about like that's why their relationship is strong because it was the it was the good and the bad and they both were honest with each other and saw each other through that you know yeah. he was there every step of the way for what was a real turning point for her it's the the realization and the the realization and and the letting go of that past so i think that that's just so great and, and like and and yeah i loved that scene when he was talking about you know in this story i'm the villain and even the way the movie is because the first half of the movie you know it's nothing but high song and nora and we're and we're seeing them reconnect and all the 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 Skype conversations were great and the back and forth with that and then her thinking about coming and and even there when she stopped herself that 12 years ago what was also a big clue too because she could have done it then she could have went and saw him and they could have been you know they could have been visiting each other and all of that kind of stuff but her stopping it then and I love how Sung pointed that out too. You're, you're, you are now the woman that goes. You have to go, like you would have gone. Like it, it, he made that realization too. Like even if you were here, the real person that you are, the ambitious person that you are, you had to go. Like you had to go. Like all of that was just like the realization of who they really are. Yes. That love that they had when they were really young, there was some real, there was some realness to that, but the maturity to understand that you are not that same person. Now that your decisions led you to this point and the person that you are now uh, has to be embraced, not the person you could have been, or maybe the, the possibility or the past life you could have had. I, and I just, I think there's just such a real maturity in that. And I'm just glad that it was this movie. And, and I think that to a certain extent, everybody has to accept that. Like, 
I don't know about anybody else, but I sure do sometimes think about things that happened in the past. And, oh, what if I had never broke up with this girl? Or what if I had stayed with that one? Or what if I had not moved? Or, you know, I I think for the time that I did, or what if I moved now? You know, the, these things, like, I think a person always wrestles with those things. And I think sometimes you can you can get fixated on did i make all the the right decisions but 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 i like how this just straight up said really you can never know that maybe in another life it did work out but take a good look at this one you know take a good look at what you're doing what you've done the decisions you made and Understand that 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 there's more meaning and value in that than something that kind of maybe was for a little bit or 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 maybe never could be, you know, because of the path you ultimately took. So I don't know that there's just a lot there. And it was so reflective and it was just so beautiful how they told that story. So, yeah, this is a movie that I just don't think. I'll soon forget because all of that just came together so well. And they were so good about the dialogue. They were so good about building the story. And even when you would just have those momentary pauses and the characters are just looking at each other or the characters are just the kind of the awkward silences that naturally happen in conversations and stuff like that, even that stuff was in there. And it was just nice to see. Like, sometimes I feel like when people, when movies do dialogue and stuff, they feel like there has to constantly be something or somebody has to constantly be saying something or yep. the, 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 you, you have to, okay, he says a line. Now we got to cut. Now the woman's got to say a line. But I like how this just took its time sometimes with the dialogue as well. And I think that's why it felt so organic. Because they would just be having some small talk, and then there'd be some silence. Yeah. And characters would be looking around. It felt around. appropriate, yeah. Yeah. And you could tell that maybe they're thinking about things that they want to say, but should yeah, I say especially it? Especially when or, he's waiting on his, his ride. Like, that scene, it said nothing but so much at the same time. Yeah, they yeah. do a lot of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and and I think that was great. Well, one of the things with that too is they say "whoa" a lot in this. Like it's it's the whole aspect of you don't know what to say, but you still want to express something. Like you're like I don't want to say like it's kind of the whole idea of I don't want to say I missed you, but I will like do something to exclaim like, "Whoa, it's been a minute." Like, yeah, without it being yeah. any, you know, without adding more or making something uncomfortable, it's just a whoa. I really enjoyed those scenes because they do it when they first start talking again on Skype and they do it again whenever he arrives in New York and they meet in the park. Yeah. They have little whoa yeah. offs. Yeah. And I like how even the way that she would say that. You know, she she did it with more of a Korean 
accent and dialect and stuff like that. Like I just, you know, all of that was just so on point. Like all of that was just great. So it was just enjoyable, even in conversations like that. And 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 it just kept you wondering what decisions are these characters gonna make? And so much rides on that is what are these people going to do? And that's like the strength of the movie. Like you never felt like you were watching something that you could just pick apart or just guess easily or like, you know, and I think it's so true. Like if you got to the end of this and you thought she was going to jump into the Uber with high song and leave Arthur hanging I think you just got the wrong idea. Like you really did just get the wrong idea. Like, I think this is one of those movies where if that's what you wanted to happen, then you just missed it. You know, you, you missed that point entirely. And so, and and really it's such a reflective, it's crazy because it is simultaneously like, such a heartbreaking, but just such an uplifting moment, like at the same time. But that very much is the way life is, you know? Um, Sometimes the growth that you really make as a person can be after you've experienced something devastating or had to let go of something that you feel has been a part of you for so long and just the understanding that it's not anymore. You know, the understanding that it's got to be different now because you're different. Those can be very hard realizations to make, but if you can make them and you make them the right way and you do it in an honest, mature way, you can be better on the other side. And I feel like all three of our characters are better and I feel like that's where this story wanted us to be. Yeah. I will say, though, I was slightly worried at the end that they were going to kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a goodbye kiss so event too. or something. I was like, like, oh, they're like, going to do it. I didn't think she was going to leave Arthur for him at the end of the movie. But I was afraid that whenever he asks her, what if we're in a past life now? Like, what is the next yeah. one? I was afraid that she's going to say something like to the effect of, I stay in Korea the whole time. I'm with you the whole time. You know, something like that. And that they kiss. And like, that's where that resolves. I was worried about that. And it's not necessarily the movie's fault. I was worried about that. It's Hollywood's fault. I was worried about that because so many movies would have had that be the scene. And it's not necessarily like that kiss is something that it's like going to break up her marriage or anything like that. It's just that's the kiss because they've never had one. Yeah. And that, that was the kiss that's like the closure kiss. And I was worried that's what they were going to do. And the second they didn't, I, I had like this biggest, like overwhelming sense of like relief. Like, thanks for being different. I was yeah. like, thank <laughs> you for not doing something stupid. Cause I think, exactly. I think that this movie could have pulled that off, but 
it just wouldn't the movie had I was saying it's better than that yeah but exactly but like I said Hollywood teaches me they do the closure kiss even if it's not that I'm gonna leave you or leave my husband kiss it's that we we've never kissed because we were you know teenager or like young kids and our our date was with our mom sitting right there and then you know we then we didn't see each other for 24 years even though we talked like that's Hollywood goes oh that's when you kiss like I guarantee you no matter what there was a producer's note when they watched this movie and they went but they didn't kiss like where's the closure kiss you know I guarantee someone said that and then someone else went no it doesn't need it and they slapped him on the face (laughs) they're like no this movie's better than that. We're not doing that bullshit, you know? So, yeah, I will admit like, yeah. well, I did not think they were going to end up together because the movie, the movie tells you they're not going to. So I do agree with you, Justin. If you, at the, especially at that point thought, Oh, he's going to get together. What movie were you watching? Yeah. It yeah. Wasn't and the kiss movie. would have just cheapened like what they built throughout the whole, especially last half of that movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like the, big time. The, their their connection like that, it, it, it's in the past. You can have a friendship, but anything more than that was in the past. Like she said, she left that girl in Korea. The girl that loved yeah. you walked down those stairs. Yep. I'm not that girl. Yep. I, I, yep. I'm Nora in New York. That little girl yeah. is sitting there on the streets of Seoul. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, and I, I, I love the yeah. way they phrase that. Like you said, Justin, just like that, that, that was the girl that loved you. I'm not that girl. And it's not to say that I can't have a rush of feelings like from that girl. Because it was still real. That was still me. That's still a part of my life. That's still me. But, you know. But yeah, it, it was a really yeah. just the way they handled that. The second they didn't kiss, I was like, oh, that's really great. And then her walking and then just her seeing her husband and breaking down. I love that. I, I yeah. do agree with you, Justin. That is a great scene, too. Like, I personally just love the meta commentary on the story without it breaking that and it being that turning point in the movie. Because I think that that was also a sigh of relief for me. That was like a, like an earlier sigh of relief when he's like, you know, I'd, I'd be the villain in the story. I was like, oh, thank God they're commenting on it. Because that at least told me they weren't going to make him the villain. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, the, I was just like, oh, okay, good. We're not going to have that will they, won't they. Like, is she going to leave her husband? Even if he's a good guy, like I am so tired of the good guy husband just being left at the end of the movie going, I understand. AKA the Uh, notebook. (laughs) He was your first love. And why is it that fucking what's his name? Uh, Guy from the notebook. um, Cyclops, Sonic. James Marsden. Yes. Yeah. Why is it that he is that guy so many times? 
He's always that guy. <laughs> that he really is always that guy. He's the most understanding guy that gets left all the time. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And 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 the funny thing is, is that like I like how you said earlier, you were like my Hollywood instincts kicked in and the Hollywood that 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 has made me <laughs> used to a certain movie and the and a certain story and a certain way that these things are presented. Those instincts are kicking in and you're thinking the movie's going to go a certain way. And like there were several times that that definitely happened for me because whenever they, after having all these conversations and they meet up and everything, and whenever he's coming to see her and she's married, I'm just sitting there going, okay, so, and, and you're already thinking the possibility that she could run off with. Yeah. She won't be married long. You're you're already thinking about it. And then I love, like you said, when Arthur sort of addresses it. And I like that he didn't just say that because it was written for him to say he's a book writer. He's an author. So he would look at it that way. He's a storyteller. So it even made sense in that way. That he yeah. would just being a writer would think of it that way. But at the same time, he is processing his feelings too. And 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 and, and even as he's talking and talking about, you know, there's a part of you I don't know and stuff like that. The Hollywood instincts in me are going, is this movie trying, is it? is this us building to him understanding her leaving? You know, is he talking himself into James Marsden? You know, like, because (laughs) some of it did seem like that. You know, the Hollywood, or at least that's not the story the movie was telling. Let me rephrase that. But the Hollywood instincts in me were thinking, oh, this is him you know, coming is this him accepting? It. Yeah. Coming to terms that this is a real possibility for her and understanding yeah. that there's a part that he will never understand. Like, um, so even that part was great, like, because it is playing with what you are used to seeing in these kinds of stories. But when you really peel it back and look at those scenes, that wasn't the purpose at all. He really was just telling her the truth and being honest with her and processing his feelings. But he also wasn't like the jealous, over-possessive, like cartoonish husband either. He <laughs> yeah. was addressing real concerns and he was being really being honest with her and his fear that there's a part of you that I don't know. And I wonder if I will ever be able to comprehend and understand and see that part of you is a very real concern. You know, it's that whole thing about like, if you, if you're keeping that aspect of yourself away from this man, do you really love him? If you, if, if if he can't see all of you, is there real love there? If y'all can't see all of each other. So I like how, or at least a part of you that really, really matters, a part of you that really, 
Um, I'm not saying that you got a hundred percent. I mean, you know, maybe it's not necessary that you need every aspect of your partner, but the parts that matter, I think you do the real emotions, the real passions, the parts that really make her, her, he would need to see that, to feel that, to comprehend it, to understanding and to love her through that. And he finally got that at the end. So, well, it's also that insecurity of just, Feeling like someone else knows your partner better than you do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, just that yeah. your worry. Yeah. Like, even sometimes when it's just, like, a childhood friend, even if they, you know, are the same gender or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you're not really worrying that they are, like, a physical threat to your relationship. But are they, like, an, a mental or emotional threat to your relationship of, like, Oh, anytime anything bad happens, you go to your best friend. Like Ron and Leslie in Parks and Rec. Yeah. When when his wife, his fiance is like, you're the threat. You're the one that's there for everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, I do hate that sometimes in movies that they make a villain out of that character. Like, as much as I love yeah. the movie Brown Sugar, I love it. <laughs> they try to portray... Tay Diggs' fiance, like she was the bad person for being wary of their childhood friendship growing up and all this other stuff. Like, they're like, she's like, whoa, what, what's going on with this? Like, everybody that is like in relationships with him, because even with Sanaya Latham's boyfriend later in the movie, like, he's like, what's up with that? And they're like, oh, they're just real good friends, or so they say. Like, everybody's like, oh, well, why are you being a douchebag about the friend? Because they want to fuck each other, and you're—that's what the movie's telling you the whole time. They're not crazy. Like that's a legitimate concern. And then sometimes, like I said, it can be like a mental or emotional concern. You know, like why when something bad happens, do you tell your best friend first, and I find out three days later? Mm, you yeah. know, and you're like, well, I talked, I talked to you know, Allison about it. And she calmed me down. And then I just kind of forgot and I didn't tell you. And it's like, well, it's not necessarily, you know, a bad feeling like from your partner's point. If they're like, well, I still would like to know that. I want to I want to be there for that. I want to be, you know, I like, you know, I understand that your instinct was to call her because of childhood friends and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. But like at the same time, it's not necessarily a terrible thing that I want to know that I want you yeah. know to be in on it. I want, you know, mm-hmm. I want one of your instincts. I, I understand that might be your first instinct, but I want a instinct to be able to tell me. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of the worry I, he's having. It's not necessarily the physical threat of him, ta- of, of her leaving him. It's like, Oh, he knows me as a crybaby, And he's like, I've never yeah. seen you cry once. And yeah. I think, and it was that like that was one of the moments that really made me be like I relate to him so much like I feel like it's that whole thing of like I want to be the one that knows you best and I want to be the one that's here for these things and like knows you at your most vulnerable state and all these things like that's a real feeling for people in like a serious relationship you know what I mean like and I think what it comes down to is just this is just a very human story it's a very human movie 
And like you guys said, with the whole Hollywood instincts, it's like, I think that's why I left this movie and I was kind of taken aback or like I was just very surprised by how I felt about this movie because it goes against everything you think it's going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody stormed off during the conversation. He didn't hear her say, oh, yeah, I mean, he is kind of attractive or he's manly in a Korean way. What does that mean? And then he runs up the stairs, you know, like there was nothing (laughs) like that. He that whole scene, like, like, oh, you know, he's attractive in a Korean way. So why don't you just go fuck him? Run away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Their immediate instinct was to talk to each other about this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not Korean. So how do you find me attractive? Like, you know, it was just not dumb. Like, you just feel like a lesser movie would have just made so many stupid choices. But I like how nobody ran from that conversation, which is another clue that there that 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 she's with the right guy. Like nobody ran yep. from that conversation. She answered every question, even and, and some of them, and and was never trying to be misleading. She's trying to process this herself because it is strange, you know you left all that time ago and now this is back in your face and you're trying to process all of these things and all of these feelings so she's getting through processing it as well but i love how neither one of them ran from each other's concerns each other's questions each other's conversation and that's a real lesson and like how that's an admirable relationship you know it's not oh i want to be where everything's perfect and they're smiling in all the photos on instagram and (laughs) everything is perfect like that real shit right there you know having those conversations and nobody running and then still caring for each other afterwards and not not running from those things and also neither of the guys being a dick to the other like they were just actually like respecting each other and like, not like, Oh, I'm out to get you and I'm going to make you look bad. And like, I want this revenge arc for you or whatever. They didn't do that either, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was tight when high song was like, like, and I think you mentioned it, Heather, when he was like, man, he really is good for you. And that makes this harder and it hurts, you know? He knew that he was good for her. He knew, you know, even he knew. So, like, I I just love that it has all of that. You know, it's just it's just great that that's just, you know, it's very admirable in that way. And, And I just keep coming back to that mature word. I'm sure there are other words, but I'm just so happy that we got to see this on screen. Just a bunch of mature people handling this shit like adults, you know, not handling it like characters written in a Hollywood story or some crowd pleasing type of thingy. I like how they were just really just, I mean, 
there was just some real adulting going on here. And it was just tight. It it was just good to see. It was refreshing to see, you know. Well, yeah, because why has Hollywood taught us that you should always be rooting for a marriage to end? Yeah. Like, it's a weird thing. But if you really look at it in so many movies when it's like, childhood friends or it's just the other friend or anything like that Hollywood goes hey they need to get a divorce so they can go be together that is the (laughs) only solution that ever makes people happy because also the partner always a scumbag always right always a scumbag or just you know and all these things like, no, sometimes it's nice to like get a more realistic point of view on stuff. And, you know, and that's not to say that there isn't a version of this movie that isn't realistic whenever they do see each other. And they're like, nah, shit, like I belong with you. That is also a real possibility. But that's the movie we always get. I yes. like getting the movie where it's like, I can still have a like a rush of feelings because of what we did share together. But that doesn't mean that we need to be together. Like I, I just love that mm-hmm. for a movie. Yep. And well, cause no, go ahead. I was going to say like, uh, I mean, in, in my everyday life with people I know in, in certain relationships of people that I know, I mean, m- almost all the time of the ones I know of, they're so much happier that they tried to work it through with whoever they were married to. You know what I mean? Like they were like, it might've been hard work, but they, I don't know anybody that like regretted at least trying to just stick that out and like work on that instead of just like, this is the easier thing. And this is the thing that I initially wanted before I was married, (laughs) you know, like there's just something to be said for, the people who like want to try to work out that marriage that they're already in and it actually coming out to be for the better that they did that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's yeah. a really great point with that. And I mean, sometimes and it's, it's the simplest thing sometimes too, with like when you really reflect on like what, what's one of the reasons why this movie is so enjoyable Cause it's just not the same shit you see all the time. Now I'm not yep. trying to say that every time movies take risks, they pay off. Sometimes people are just doing a lot of cocaine and they have bad ideas. Like, yes, it's, it's not that that thing has never been thought of before. No, that's been thought of before and they didn't do it cause it's a bad idea. Or sometimes it's just, you know, somebody's thought of something and they tried it, they filmed it, and they're like, eh, that didn't work. And so they do some rewrites. They make some changes, you know. Yeah. That happens. But sometimes just not doing the same shit over and over again. Like, as heartbreaking as that as, as that final scene is when she just completely loses it after everything. She's been rock solid through everything. And then all of a sudden at the end, it overcomes her. 
they did that scene, but it is also one of the more heartwarming and hopeful scenes you could also do with it. You can have scenes that can portray multiple emotions. It can be heartbreak. It can be hope. It can be all of those things at the same time. Because that's also what you get with the other character. As he's, uh, when Sung is in the, in the Uber, that's heartbreaking. But also hopeful. Because he's going back home. He finally has this closure. He can just move on. Exactly. if he really thinks that they're going to end up together at some point, they've already accepted that maybe that's in the next life. It's not this one. So that is not something he needs to concern himself with now because he's living this life now. The next life is after this one. So, hey, let me go make these connections in this lifetime that also maybe pay off in a future lifetime too. Like, I like that idea that like, I, I, I love that when they were talking about all the potential other lives they lived, they weren't all great. I liked that. I liked that they mentioned that there's one where we politically get married and we fucking hate each other. I love that. I love that it's not just all like, oh, we were always destined to be together. Nope. There were times, probably not. I like that. And then sometimes they were just like, partially there like hey we sat next to each other on a train and that was it there was another time you were a bird and I was a branch she landed on me for five minutes and then you went away That like it's just those connections and if connections are what you think leads to you having you know connections in future lives once you accept that this connection you know, this is what this connection is in this life. You want to go out and make other ones. Cause I like, there's that scene in the movie, whenever he's in, he's either in Korea or China and he's just sitting there. And there's that girl next to him just at the other table. And I think that that girl's the one that becomes his girlfriend. I like the fact that it just showed like, Hey, making a connection with someone else led to something unexpected. Didn't always have to be a relationship, you know, because like his connection with her husband, like they made a connection and that connection showed him, like helped show him he doesn't have that connection with her. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he even says that he's like, yeah, you know, we've got this bond now. Yeah. You know, and I, I like that, that, that there are those elements of this that like, Sometimes connections are small. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're important in this way. And sometimes they're important in that way. That like kind of just shows that any number of things are possible in that don't get hung up on some things, especially when you know it's not a thing anymore. Like, so it's that hopeful message too of like, Hey, they might've been your first love and they might've been this and that, but they're not your love now. So it's great that they were your first love. That's fantastic. But they're not now. That And that doesn't diminish that they were. And also that means you can still go love someone else now 
And them being your first love doesn't diminish your new love. Like, I love that it showed all those things because that is just such an infinitely more realistic version of human relationships and human love and human just in general connection by us living on the planet at the same time. Like this movie weirdly covers all of those different versions of relationships and connections. And it, it, it's got three people in the movie. There's three fucking people (laughs) in the movie and it is able to show interconnections between all of fucking humanity at times with three people. Yep. Like, fuck. There are movies that have all-star casts of like 27 people that can't grasp human emotions and relationships as well as this movie does on a basic human level with three fucking people. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Valentine's Day and New Year's Day, and even he's just not that into you. <laughs> and and some of those movies are fine, but some of those movies are also, they do exactly what we're just talking about that we're kind of tired of seeing. Why well, was nice my first thought from. that you were talking about Oppenheimer for that? <laughs> I wasn't. I could, though. That does slightly apply to Oppenheimer, too. See, it applies to so many things. <laughs> and this movie did it with three. Three fucking people. Yeah. I mean, that is all the bang for your buck. Of You just have this impactful of a movie and story with three people. I'm so glad we didn't have anything to do this week. And we were able to just get Justin to go watch this movie that I saw ages ago. And you saw it in theaters too, didn't you, Heather? Yeah, probably the same week that you saw it. It's either the week I saw it or the week after I saw it. But I know, like, I, I just, this is one of the crazy things too. And it's like deals with what this movie's talking about in some ways. I saw this trailer once. I just happened to see the trailer before some other fucking movie and went, huh, that looks kind of interesting. And so we were watching, I think we were doing something on streaming or something on, you know, in my iTunes or something that week. And I just went, hey, I'm going to go watch this movie anyway. And it was great. Like, so it's like that weird connection of I saw one trailer once and I rarely ever even show up for the trailers in a fucking theater because more often than not, I'm used to marketing and PR departments shoving 9,000 trailers down my fucking face on social media that I don't need to see all the trailers. I've already seen them. <laughs> you had a bond. You had a and that I just had movie. Yeah. Weirdly enough, you know what other movie whose trailer I saw with this one? Another Cinema Slayer's great, Talk to Me. Mm, I saw Talk to Me and Past Lives trailers back to back. And those have been two of the most surprising movies we've fucking seen all year. Yeah. Yeah. Another random movie I saw the trailer for once. And I love this movie and I don't think either one of you have seen it yet. 
and it's just sucks for you that you haven't seen it yet is this movie called Polite Society. I've seen it. It's good. Good. Yeah. I think it's on streaming now, but yeah, I, I liked it. It's also in my iTunes. But yeah, like, okay. yeah, I saw the trailer once. And I was like, huh, that looks interesting. Because that's the thing. That's where trailers are really going to grab me for these random fucking movies. It just looks a little different. I just go, oh, okay, looks a little different. I've got a couple in my, uh, what I've started doing now to help me remember these movies when I see them, like randomly or whatever, I go to its IMDb and I take a screenshot of the IMDb page just so I have that reminder of when something is, because there was one movie uh, I saw a trailer for and I'm actually very curious about it, but it does not have a release date yet. So therefore I don't have a way to put it in my calendar or anything like that, but I wanted to make sure I remembered it. So pretty excited about that. And we'll see. Maybe that, Maybe it comes out this year and maybe that's another weird hidden gem we get to do on this podcast for you. We'll see. You guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Nope. No, I'm good. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the cinema slayers podcast. You can check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com, uh, Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook, Cinema underscore Slayer on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads, at Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok, at Cinema Slayers Pod on uh, YouTube. God, I don't know why I got stuck on that one. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really, really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends, and most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love uh, mature relationships. I was just gonna say love. Love, yes, mothers love love. That's because, true like I was saying, my recent experience, mothers don't like it when you resolve relationships maturely. <laughs> they get very weirded out about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mothers love love. But you know what? I'm hopeful because this movie makes me hopeful. There we go. I want I want mothers to love mature relationships. There we go. That's the dream. Uh, shout out to Plug Me Go <laughs> yes. and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, just remember here at the Simmons Life Podcast, we're both pro slut, pro Sydney. You are Knuff. And once again, we did not eat Burger King in our intro because Justin doesn't really love Burger King because all he has to do is say, yes, please. And I would have paid for all of us to eat Burger King today. But he cares so little about actually eating Burger King that he can't remember that deal. And I can tell by the look on his face that he just remembered it because I said it. Yep. Damn it. Yep. And as I was in the YouTube videos, TikToks, and this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is not not, or is the best picture winner. And Burger King really isn't all that. Do you say Moon Knight is not enough for a second?
<laughs> in my head, I was thinking that Burger King is not enough. Somebody That's what I was thinking. But I yeah. fucked up and Nobody combined the two. And you. then I corrected it, but then I forgot to say. Then I messed All up right. again. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Cinema Slayers. My words this movie just makes me realize. This movie makes me realize that my relationship with Burger King is just a mature one. You know, I understand that those feelings that 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 when I, um, they they need to be put in their proper place. Okay, and so what you're saying is that your relationship at Burger King existed when you were a little boy, but since then you don't care about it anymore. Like or like that it's not really a thing anymore. Like, your relationship with Burger King was then. That's when you had that love for Burger King. Now, you know, you want it to be a part of your life, but you don't really want it to be a part of your life. Burger King is your high sung, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, just, just needed a taste to figure out, like, hey, you know. That it's wrong for you? How it's do not I move anything. On? <laughs> Damn it. I love this analogy. This is the best analogy so far for this. I agree. (laughs) This is not how I intended this to go. I love that Justin's (laughs) like, I'm going to say this profound thing. It just proves Sterling's point for him. Continue, please. (laughs) No. No more, please. Man, this backfired. What what kind of relationship do you imagine would have been in your past life with Burger King, Justin? Oh, one man, where you actually ate it. <laughs> yep, basically. I think there's one where I eat it every day and I'm dead at 27 years old. <laughs> yeah, but, but he Justin. Was at, but he, what but if he you, was at King Fiend. That's what they would say at my funeral. But what? I will have known a few rappers. And at the funeral, they would have been like, he was a King Fiend, you know, whenever <laughs> it's at my funeral. And that would have been cool. Justin, what if you just ate it, I don't know, once a year? I'm just mature enough to know that it's not right for you. I get it. That you'll never do it. (laughs) That your relationship with Burger King is in the past and you've outgrown it. I get it. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) I still love uh, high song. I still love Burger King. Yeah, you love the memories of Burger King, just not actually Burger King. I get it. Yeah, we're on the same page. Damn it. This was not supposed to backfire like this. Now this you go to Kane's and you like, you sob in front of Kane's. Yeah. Kane is your Arthur now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's kind of true because Kane's has <laughs> naked tenders and I can actually eat them. Yeah, it's what it's what you actually need and want. Yep, and they're keto appropriate. Oh no, BK. <laughs> BK is high sung, and uh, you know, Keynes is Arthur, and you're just Nora, just trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and coming to the realization, when confronted with it, Burger King is the past. Those feelings were real. They were. <laughs> They were also a long time ago, Justin. This is hard. This hurts. Just don't be the, the villain in your own story, Justin. Yeah, Justin, why are you making a, why are you making a villain? 
Just accept the fact that you actually love Canes and not Burger King. And that's the way your life's supposed to be. I don't like this. <laughs> I know how Nora feels. I don't like this. This is not a good place to be. Justin, you should be hopeful, though. Full of hope. <laughs> Look at the life that Nora had just because of her ex- decision to leave it in the past. Yeah, just accept the closure, Justin. You're right. If I was eating hella Whoppers, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> if I was eating hella Whoppers, <laughs> I couldn't do what I'm doing in the ring. <laughs> yes, that. And the naked tenders from Canes helps you succeed. You get all the protein with less calories. There, there's a difference in what you love and what you need, Jason. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I'd be sitting there, I wouldn't be hungry because I would have been eating hella whoppers. But I would have been hungry for the ring, mm-hmm. and that would have been a hunger I couldn't satiate. This is my favorite Burger King segment we've ever done. This is great. <laughs> but it's not, but it's true. But some days, though, some days I just want hella whoppers. I know y'all go through you it. Miss it. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, you miss it. Yeah, yeah, you miss your miss love. It, don't you, Heather? Don't you miss it, too? <laughs> Those chicken sticks, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get you left it. That little, you left that little girl at the Burger King, and at maybe it's just taking time for me. I left her at the Burger King. <laughs> you left Child Heather back there. chicken sticks. Yeah, Child Heather got left back at the Burger King. <laughs> and Metaphorically and literally. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just having trouble, you know. It's a bit I to still, process. It's fine. It is. <laughs> Relationships are complicated, just like Sterling said. Mm. They really are. Is this one really complicated, though, Jasmine? I mean, you just don't eat there. I mean. (laughs) Is Burger King attractive? Or, (laughs) I don't know. In in sort of a Is is it an attractive or a fast food way? way? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, in in a burger sort of way, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah, Kings doesn't have burgers, so that could potentially be a problem if you're attracted to burgers. And, you know, the one you're with doesn't have burgers. But I think, Kane, I th- I think you just needs to know burgers, though, Justin. Yeah, Kane just needs to know that you, you love it, that you say what you mean. Oh, it does, because <laughs> he ate there last week. Mm-hmm. Sure mm-hmm. did. Yep. And didn't eat Burger King. No. You've matured this relationship, Justin. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, mature as fuck, okay. dude. We, we've taken some steps forward. Yeah. I'm just glad you're expect, finally admitting where Burger King's place actually is. Like I've been saying all I, along. No, I, I didn't expect to land here, but. It's where you landed, though. Yeah. This is where I am. This is where I wound up. As Maybe we can finally fucking <laughs> kill this bit. Because we are starting to set up a weird, like, Hollywood version of things for, like, me ragging <laughs> on you about Burger King. It's just going to be know, what everybody like, expects. expected. Yeah, everybody's going to be expecting it. Oh, man. Man, the parallels in this movie and the Burger King situation. I, wow. hate, how we- I hate how well it goes. <laughs> I hate. 
how well it went with this. I hate this. But Justin, in a way, it's the most <laughs> Burger King thing you could do because it was, it's you're having it your way now, which is not Burger King. <laughs> it was just a natural closure to mm-hmm. the whole thing for you. I'm really proud of you, Justin. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> but every now and then, you know, I still want hella whoppers. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just unlike how we got the Hollywood kiss at the end of this movie. In the end, you're not getting the Whoppers. Even though you reminisce fondly about the Whoppers, you're still not eating them. That's maturity. Yep. Unlike me, I, I actually like love Whataburger and I'd eat it every chance I got. So I, <laughs> I feel like my Jackson's version of it is gonna... I'm Nora and I'm running off with, with Haesung because that's my Whataburger. Because <laughs> I moved away, but I'm running off with it. Mm. <laughs> I see. I feel I'll like Jasson's gonna leave this and be like so inspired by this. He's just gonna like work out three times before he goes to bed. Just like <laughs> you're right. I don't need Burger King. <laughs> I don't need hella whoppers. Let me throw up hella weight. He's just gonna go. He's just gonna get naked tenders tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, they're they're a godsend. They don't have any carbs. <laughs> the the Arthur of foods. Yes, indeed. 